Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. In today's Gospel, we see the beginning of Jesus' ministry. Now we need to pay careful attention to this Gospel story. In this story, it's a synopsis of Jesus' whole ministry. It's a story that foreshadows his entire mission and why he came into this world. Now notice where Jesus begins his ministry. It's very intentional. It says, He left Nazareth, which is his hometown, and he went to live in Capernaum by the sea in the region of Zebulun and Naphtali, that what had been said through Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled. Land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, the way to the sea and beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sit in darkness have seen a great light. On those dwelling in a land overshadowed by death, light has arisen. Well, what's special about this place? And why does Jesus intentionally go to this region in order to start and begin his ministry? Well, the first thing that we have to understand is people in the ancient world, they read the Bible symbolically and even mystically because all of sacred scripture had religious significance to them, especially places. And so Zebulun and Naphtali, this was a region that was north of Jerusalem. And it was a place that was conquered by the Assyrians in 80 BC. And so this region literally was overshadowed by darkness and death as the Assyrians went out and conquered and killed many of the people in this region. Well, Jesus knows that and he intentionally comes to this region to begin his ministry and bring a message of great hope. Now, this same region now, during Jesus' lifetime, is overshadowed again by darkness. In this case, the darkness of sin and death. And Jesus now is that light. The light to guide us out of our sin into a light of life with him. And so that's why he goes to this region to begin his ministry. Now, take it to a personal level. Many of us all too often experience dark times in our life. An unexpected diagnosis, the death of a loved one, chronic illness, loss of employment. You know, these darknesses come in different forms. And yet, during these dark times of our life, we're never alone. Jesus is right there with us, standing shoulder to shoulder with us, and being that light to lead us out of that darkness. More to it, Jesus is here in our world and in our life especially during those dark times. We have to understand, our God is not a God that's hovering over the world, brooding. Or, he's not some distant figure far off in another galaxy. No, instead, God is right there with us, leading us out of darkness. And so, that's a powerful message that Jesus is preaching. It's a powerful message of hope for each and every one of us. 
Now, Jesus begins to preach. And what does he say? Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. The Greek word for repent is metanoia, which means a change in mind, a change in attitude or life. When Jesus is present in our life, it demands us to change and change for the better. I always tell people, a good spiritual litmus test to see how we're doing in the spiritual life, ask yourself this simple question. Am I the same person I was last year, two years ago, five years ago? If we can say, no, I'm not that same person. I'm a little bit more patient. I'm a little bit more forgiving. I'm a little bit more charitable. Then that's great. That's very good. Because we are cooperating now with God's grace and we're changing for the better. Now, the story continues. It says, As he was walking by the Sea of Galilee, Jesus saw two brothers casting their net into the sea. The Greek word for watching is gregore, which means to look at carefully, to be very attentive to. Well, imagine Jesus looking at Peter and Andrew and smiling in delight in the beauty and the simplicity of their actions. God takes delight in the good and simple things of our lives, work, home, friendships. Imagine God looking at you and smiling with delight at you in your daily life. More to it, Jesus, yes, he's looking at Peter and Andrew to recruit them as apostles, but more importantly, he's looking very carefully at them because he wants to restore friendship with all of humanity. Remember, He wanted to restore friendship like it was before the fall of grace. Where it says in Genesis, God walked in easy fellowship with Adam and Eve in the cool evening of the garden. Well, that's exactly the heart of Jesus' mission. This is why he came into this world, to reestablish that friendship that was once lost by the sin of Adam and Eve. St. Thomas Aquinas once said, at the heart of the spiritual life, is cultivating friendship with God. And see, that's what Jesus is getting at here. Now, Jesus says to the two brothers, Come after me, and I will make you fishers of men. He doesn't say, Believe in me and my teaching. He doesn't say, Accept my ideas or accept my way of life. What is he really saying? Conform your life to mine. Walk as I walk. Think as I think. Move as I move. And see, this is discipleship. First, we repent. We change and change for the better. And then we conform our lives to God. And then we have real friendship with God. Now, notice also, too, he says, I will make you fishers of men. Well, that's very interesting. He's telling Peter and Andrew, who are already fishermen, their whole lives are dedicated to catching fish. And now he says, you will be catching men. Now, why is that? Well, what happens when we sin? It ruptures our friendship with God. That's why sin is a scattering force. It scatters us away from God. St. John Chrysostom once said, where there's division, there's sin. Now, we give the devil many different titles. Diabolos comes from the Latin word diaboline, which means scatter. Well, the devil essentially is the scatterer. He scatters us away from God. But what does Jesus do? The exact opposite, gathering. Gathering people back to God. And we see in this gospel story for today, 
Jesus beginning that work. Notice, he begins with the apostles. And why not? They are the church. Now, the challenge for the apostles is they must conform their lives to Jesus Christ. And we see at the end of the story, they do that. Peter and Andrew, James and John, they leave everything and they go and follow Jesus. They immediately conform their life to Christ. Later on, when Jesus ascends back into heaven, it is the apostles, the church, that will continue the work of Jesus Christ in gathering the people back to God. Now, this is the mission of our church, gathering people, and it's taken place for centuries on end. Now, what's so interesting, it's done in many different ways. Our church has gathered people back to God by evangelical preaching throughout the world. Look at just St. Paul. St. Paul evangelized two continents, Asia as well as Europe. Look at St. Francis Xavier. He went to the Far East. He went and evangelized people in India, Japan, and China. That gathering took place in the form of teaching children and adults. Look at the Jesuits established by Ignatius of Loyola. Or look at St. Catherine Drexel, who established schools and universities for Native Americans and African Americans here in the United States. Well, that gathering continued with scholarly writings of St. Augustine and St. Thomas Aquinas. That gathering continued with working for the poor, with Mother Teresa and her missionaries of charity, or Mother Cabrini here in the United States. Well, that gathering continues in us in the 21st century, in our own little corner of the world. Maybe we know neighbors or friends, co-workers, maybe even family members that have drifted away from the church. And so we try and gather them. How? By living out our friendship with God. St. Francis of Assisi always told us monks, preach the word of God each and every day of your life, and if necessary, use words. By simply how we live out our faith and our friendship with God is the best way to gather those people back to God. Now, what's the response of Peter and Andrew when they are called? It says, at once they left their nets and they followed him. They immediately left everything behind and they followed Jesus. They didn't second guess him. They didn't doubt him. They didn't even hesitate. They immediately moved and acted. Well, the same thing holds true with us. When God offers us friendship, we don't dawdle or hesitate. We move and we act upon that gesture. And God gives us that friendship in many different ways. Every time we celebrate Mass, every time we pray, in the active life of the church, in stewardship, that's one of the reasons why we've taken on that theme of belong, believe, and become. We cultivate an environment in which we recognize we belong to this parish community, and therefore it nurtures a desire to believe and grow in our faith. And in doing so, we become. We become the people that now has a friendship with Jesus Christ. One last thing to think about. Peter and Andrew, James and John. Notice that little detail. They left their nets behind. Now, remember, these all were fishermen. Their nets were the whole livelihood and how they made their living. And yet, they leave it all behind. Symbolically, those nets represent those things in our life that preoccupy us or prevent us from accepting friendship with God. Now, in the 21st century, we too have those nets. 
We call those our proverbial nets. And they come in different forms. Honor, power, notoriety, fame, fortune, whatever it is. Those things that prevent us from being free to accept that friendship. Well, what must we do? Drop them. Just like the apostles dropped their nets, will we drop our proverbial nets, whatever that may be. Those things that prevent us from freely accepting friendship with Jesus Christ. And like the apostles, we go. We conform our life to Christ and then we follow him. And then we enjoy that friendship with Jesus Christ. As he looks upon us intently, smiling with delight at us as we live out our daily faith life. Now, notice how this story begins. With the great message of hope to a people that live in darkness and sin, and that's us. How does it end? With Jesus beginning the work of restoring friendship with God and us, now and for all of eternity. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.